Bro, Gunther needs to come make, needs to make a comeback. Yeah, Gunther and the Sunshine Girls. <laughs> I am so famous. I wanna I forgot how the song goes. Alright, that's all for tonight, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how much time we got on that bitch? Nothing. <laughs> we have nothing. <laughs> like 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, we would appreciate if anyone, you know, um not appreciate. What? Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just Instagram. There's no Facebook or Twitter? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Just, Instagram is the one we're more active on, so let's just leave it in there. I mean, shit. Right. Ronald, did you fuck every single person you could? Ronald plays with high morality standards. He doesn't play like us. <laughs> That's right. He told me that... Uh, the last boss, he actually convinced to stop what he was doing and just yeah. add because he was so, he's such a paragon. And the dude just killed himself. <laughs> Crisis averted. <laughs> Raul, Raul literally came with a stop it, get some help. Good evening. You are now tuned in to Single in Miami, the podcast where grown ass men talk about their feelings. I am Daron. And this is Javi. And for tonight, we have a. For tonight, we have no fucking agenda, actually. <laughs> we're just going to talk the whole night. We have nothing for you today. Mainly because we're so tired. <laughs> Work's been stressful, man. Yeah, and I've been full of grad school homework. Yo, mute that shit. Oh, yeah. Don't tell me what to do. You like it when I tell you what to do. Welcome to the new segment, uh, Josh's Corner. Where we spend uh, 30 minutes in silence. <laughs> Broken up by random meme, meme noises, noises from TikTok. Baba boy. <laughs> We're too old for this shit. <laughs> on work it's been so stressful it's been one hell of a week and it's only thursday and we have one more day left one more day left then the weekend then we can relax wind down you actually relax on the weekends i relax on the weekend what yeah. you mean you don't no bro i'm a one-man team i have to you know go buy groceries fucking clean my apartment you know do a bunch of other things okay you can solve that issue with marriage family <laughs> right so with you can you can have a a team, a full team. A full team. That's why people have children, maybe. Nah. To make their life easier. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> Does it work that way? It's a long-term investment, but, you know, maybe that's what it is. I don't I don't think it makes it any easier. If anything, it would make it harder, right? Yeah, it is a very long, long, long-term investment. I think the thing is that um, as they're growing up, they need so much attention, you know. You, you give up on your own personal freedom and your own personal time your responsibility is with the child at that point yeah you're living for somebody else mm -hmm. i don't like that idea what i feel like your life should not come to a stop just because you have a child i mean if you balance it right if you uh just like bro we can barely balance out our life right now without a kid our existences yeah like imagine adding a whole you know third party to it 
Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Layer 3 has joined the party. Uh, I'm kind of in a downward spiral right now. If what? anyone can just, you know... Why is that? You know, toss their hand at me. You know, just help me. I need help. What do you need help? <laughs> How are you okay? <laughs> no. This is going to be therapeutic for you tonight, isn't it? I'm just kidding. Well... Have you ever not slept in so long? You feel as if you're descending into madness, leading to your eventual demise. Did you write this? Is I this did. poetry? No, that is literally me texting. Texting who? My friend. Your existentialism? Just, no. I prefer postmodernism. Just unplug me from the matrix because none of this is fucking real. Postmodernism. What is, what is, what is that even? The idea that none of this is real. That's postmodernism? You read, like, House, you read House of Leaves. Yes, I did. With me, yeah. It's just, it's, that is postmodernism at its core. It's beautiful. Highly recommend reading House of Leaves, FYI. So you mean to tell me postmodernism is basically going back to traditionalism? Going back to the monkey. I mean, no, what? Well, yeah, because no, a lot is of that... traditional societies, like, I mean, esoterically, they, they spoke about how the world isn't real. What society are you talking about? Like the ancients? Like the Greeks and Romans? I mean, yeah. Uh, the Indians, ancient Indians. Oh, dude, I don't really know about much of uh, Asian uh, lore. So I largely focus on Europe and the Americas. It's just because none of my classes have covered it, actually. Um, going back to what you said, House of the Leaves is an excellent book. Uh, it gave me nightmares. Fucking scary. We both had nightmares about it, yeah. Fucking scary. I, I don't remember being scared in the nightmare. I just remember waking up and be like, holy shit, that was wild. First chapter. You remember the first chapter with the claw marks on yes. the floor? That That's what I dreamed of. I remember that book scaring me while I was reading it at nighttime over the summer. But I enjoyed the I enjoyed the idea because it takes a bit it takes something at its like to move my core. And that and House of Leaves did a really good job. So postmodernism is uh, the idea of living past um, no, it's it's okay to simplify really really quickly. It's that none of this is real, and we're just living in a simulation. Like like that's 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 basically. It. So we have to unplug from technology. Oh, now you're getting on metaphorical here. <laughs> yeah, we have to unplug, because that reminded me of that day that my phone died in my pocket, and I was like, shit, is this real life? The graphics is this sucks. Just fantasy. The graphics is sucks. Caught in a landslide. I was like looking up in the sky, <laughs> looking at birds and shit. It was the most beautiful, insightful thing. Looking at, looking at the birds? Looking at the birds in the sky. Are the birds real? <laughs> shit, I don't even know at this point. <laughs> Listen to three old men ramble. Excuse me, I'm in my 20s, bro. Oh, shit. How old are you? You are 26, and you're a single bachelor, ready to mingle with the schmingles. Josh, you're in your 20s. How old are you right now? Yeah, I'm 26. I just said it, bro. Pay attention. Did he say his actual year? Oh, my yeah. God. I just zoned out completely. I'm so tired. 96, right? Yeah. So you're 26. What are some things that you wish you knew in your 20s that you could... That would have helped you. Nothing is real. Everything is a lie. No, in uh, in all reality, I think uh, being more assertive with the things that I want. You know, I was kind of uh, always 
Going with the flow. Going with the flow yeah. and you know, caring too much about what other people thought. I, if I just, you know, got the thumb out of my ass, you know, and, and, and got to doing shit my way, I think I would be a much happier person. See, for me, it's the opposite. I wish I was a little bit less dominant in my life, ah, in so my early 20s. Maybe there's a middle ground because That's, we're like the polar opposites we, in that sense. I'm very driven and assertive. And you are the opposite of it, yeah? But, yeah, um, our personalities don't clash for some reason. Well, well, we have found a middle ground to... He's the yin to your yang. We have French bracelets, homie bracelets. Homie bracelets for the homies. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's so so sweet, man. For all the uh, audience members, if we have any... He made me a bracelet. I don't. Did you make it specifically for me, or you just made it? I'm going to say that I made it specifically for him. It is the ugliest uh, <laughs> assortment of gems that I've ever seen. Like you cannot find uglier, <laughs> more doo-doo colored. Um, that stones? brown, I I thought of you Beats. immediately because I'm like that doo-doo brown. I just thought of you. It just, uh-huh. just came across my head. It matches my eyes. Thank you so much. There you go, yeah. It's weird, cute, though. And the weird mole you got on your neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's a beauty mark, all right? It's a beauty mark. Dude, I think it talks to me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go out and find new experiences. Shut the fuck up. You need to get out there. If you're happy in a relationship, forget it, man. <laughs> forget it. Just, you know, get rid of it. Do what you got to do. It's all based on lies. I mean, you got to leave the Matrix and find new experiences. Join a cult, bro. A doomsday cult. There you go. Experience what what life has to offer. Experience the weird orgies where you semi-castrate yourself. I wish you would have told me this much sooner. I would have been a much happier person. Much more complete and experienced. And experienced? (laughs) I don't know, man. Looking back, I feel like I shouldn't have lived such a hedonistic uh, lifestyle. Hedonistic. I like that word. Do you know what that means? Yes, I do. What is it? Define- it basically defines humanity at this point. We're How? all hedonistic. We're just looking for the pleasure. Okay, there you go. We're looking I- for the pleasure in everything, right? Well, yeah, it's the endless pursuit of pleasure at the expense of anyone. And I think we're all we're all there. We all pursue that pleasure. Those those happy chemicals in the brain. It's just selfishness. That's what it comes down. It's to. not just with relationships, though. It's with everyday life, you know. I think uh, every time you log into a social media and you check how many people liked your status, that's a little hedonistic to me. That's like pursuing pleasure. It is pleasurable. It's instant gratification is what it is. You post a cute pickup of yourself and you wait to see how many people like it and are thirsty for it. Do you really wake up to see how many people like it? I don't post anything. Well, I, I would say you don't wake up and specifically like, oh, like how many people like my stuff? Uh, it's just... That's my first reaction. Grab my phone, you know, check my social media, and then I go down a rabbit hole. For some people, it is their first reaction, you know. I can imagine. It, it's, it's like a drug. You see the likes, you, you, uh, you get those chemicals released in your brain, like, damn, people uh, like me, I'm popular. And it, it's just like, you know, you ever post up a thirst trap? Never. Like you without a shirt or your tattoos out? Don't Never. give me that bullshit. Nope. Don't give me no. that bullshit. You have me on so on Instagram and Facebook. You post those pictures of you and your tattoos looking off into the sunset. You want to be into like, the sunset. Into the sunset. You you're thinking, oh man, how many uh, 
How many can I trap in this thirst? You don't check the likes on those pictures. I don't really post a whole lot, and if I put and if I put something, it's usually funny. Oh please! I've seen your profile pictures walking on the beach, looking into the sunset. Oh, those are scenic. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Walking on the beach. <laughs> Stepping on the beach. <laughs> you done fucked up. I there was um, a SpongeBob reference today. In. In in my my job, um, there was a picture that I saw. And I was like, damn, where's this from? It's SpongeBob. I know it's SpongeBob, but where? I can't believe I forgot it. It was a hash slinging slash. <laughs> Flash slinging, pash singing. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot it. That's, that's such a. SpongeBob has such iconic moments that they're applicable to everyday life. I don't know why that is. Uh, <clears throat> when you start seeing it, you know, you identify as SpongeBob because he's all hyped and motivated. As you grow older, you identify more with Squidward because that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you, SpongeBob. So would you say that we're SpongeBob in our 20s? And then now we're Squidward in our 30s? So when are we Patrick in our teens? We're always Patrick. That, that's the thing. We identify with Squidward, but we're Patrick. All of us. We're just dumb as fuck. Dumb as fuck? Who do you identify with? Oh, I, I was going to say I'm always Patrick. Always. Always. The stoic gentleman. <laughs> Isn't he stoic? I, I, I like how he just wakes up and is like, oh boy, Krabby Patty. That's just me, I mean. It's the simple life. Yeah. He likes the simple, the I, simplicity I, I, of everything. I, I wouldn't say it's like stoic. It's more like what, Epicureanism? Yeah, it is. I, I like to it. think that he's transcended like... The emotional state of human beings, and he—he's a—he's uh, something else entirely. Patrick is enlightened, is what you're saying. Yeah. He met he met the Buddha. I'd say uh, let's stop with the single in Miami and just dissect SpongeBob episodes. <laughs> I, I feel like that would just help us out even more. That would be more therapeutical, in my opinion. You know what? Fuck it. Next next week, we're gonna sit to watch one and just break it down real time live. Frame by frame. Frame by frame. <laughs> the audience should submit the episode of, of choice. Listen, man, I don't post anything on social medias anymore. If I do, it's just to share. I go on briefly. Yeah, same. I go on briefly, too. Stalk people, you know, make sure they're, they're doing okay. That's um, a weird juxtaposition there. Like, stalk people and make sure they're okay. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive, okay? <laughs> You can do both. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can. Um, you I can think, do really well in Japan. Uh, I go online and I just like everybody's shit. Just so I can give them those happy chemicals. Raul's been posting some really cute stuff, man, with, with Charlie. Oh, with he, Charlie, yeah. He stays posting cute yeah, shit. Yeah, but I do follow Raul just, just to see Charlie and Carola. Shout out to Raul, man. He's doing big things, bro, for all of us. Yeah, he, is a, he is the superhero we need. Mm-hmm. He's cleaning those water lines, man. Do we deserve him, though? He's that hero we need, but he's just too good for he's this world. He's just too good for this world, yeah. Raul, we miss you, man. We we uh, wish you could join the podcast more often. God he's knows. never been on the podcast <laughs> because he's so busy working. He had his uh, like voice line on one, didn't he? Oh, the Raul reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but we want. We, I, I, I want to do an episode with him here. Of and, course. And it's just impossible to that schedule him. That would be him. ideal. 
We actually uh, need more guests on the podcast. I feel like every time we have a guest, new, new perspectives, yeah, and different um, insightful information. I love all the energy everyone brings. You know, I like I like the the different ideas that are thrown across across the table and how we can connect through that as well. Because we uh, we talk a lot about relationships, but I th I feel like we get to the bottom of of like the emotions behind our actions. You know, what drives us to do the things that we do in those relationships. That's what that's what we're doing. We're reflecting on our on on our actions, yeah, and seeing how we can you know. I think understanding it is plays a big factor. Um, just the fact that we're aware of it might help. Now, the question is, do we want to change the behavior? Uh, We've taken the first step. We're taking the first step. I think the podcast has been great with taking the, the first couple of steps towards change. Sure. I think what helps out a lot, too, is uh, seeing you're not the only one going through these emotions, you know, these roller coasters, seeing uh, other guests have experienced similar or the same things you know can actually be a huge help in how to deal with them if, that, if they've already taken care of it that's 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 why i'm so fond of reading because that's what literature is as well it shows us that we're not alone that there are other people even if they're fictional that have experienced something very very similar of what we might be undergoing and it helps us connect it's the same thing but in print like uh, i'm sure you've read uh meditations by marcus aurelius no man, I haven't. My philosophy level is not that high. And I know that's all you read. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a fucking nerd for like <laughs> philosophy and shit. I cover more uh, literature, so. But I was just gonna say, like, one thing that actually helped me out was like seeing this Roman emperor going through the same shit. You know, like life just beating him, beating him down, and him trying to trying to stay afloat. You know. Marcus Aurelius was attributed to being one of the best uh, rulers. Wasn't yeah, he? he's like one of the five. Best five, yeah, 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 for, yeah. It's one of the top five for sure. I I do remember that much about him. But yeah, it shows us that we're not alone in 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 our existence and with our experiences. And like, I mean, we're talking about about a guy that's been gone for you know, what over a thousand years. Yeah. And even in the past, they they seeing that they experience the same things we do today, uh, and then see how they get through it, can be a huge help. Like I said earlier. That's what Shakespeare does for us as well. And I know a lot of people don't like Shakespeare, uh, myself included. I, it took me some time to really learn to, to, to appreciate him. Now I'm starting to like him a bit more, especially with this uh, current class that I'm taking. It's really opened my eyes to different points in Shakespeare. But it shows things that we all undergo. Jealousy, you know, over a friend, over a relationship, um, Betrayal and how much it fucking hurts. Uh, the idea of romantic love and the different perspectives in it. it that's why Shakespeare is so, is so prominent. What didn't you like about him in the beginning? The language. Oh. That's actually what turns people away. The language. By the way, I like to say that Shakespeare is Middle English, not Old English. I hate when people say it's Old English. I don't understand. I'm like, motherfucker, Google right now what Old English looks like. You will not be able to read it. It's a different language altogether. It's a different language, yeah. It's what Beowulf was written in. But what turns people away, and me, and my students, <laughs> is the language. It's very difficult to understand at the beginning. 
But the more you read it, the more you learn to understand it and appreciate it. Yeah, you have skills to break it down piece by piece. I do. But, uh, the, the, the tough part is showing that to my students. And that's why you're a teacher. That's you're handling the job. Yeah. It's good. Maybe you could run it down for me. What does this all mean? What does it all mean? After the Spongebob episode, we're going to break down Shakespeare. <laughs> we have a little teaching session. <laughs> Why don't we get our, our viewers to submit some questions, and then we can just like you know, run it down piece by piece. Raul, you heard that? We have a lot of stories banked. We're just not doing one today because we're so tired. <laughs> so, Actually, out of all the stories that we've covered, what, which one was your favorite? I think I, okay, it's hard to, I like different ones for different reasons. I think I really liked the divorced in Miami one because, well, not, the, 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 the story was just like really entertaining. And we were also able to bring in our first guests, Walter and Susie, and they were fantastic. And they gave us a lot of good insight on us too. Yeah. That was good. I, I loved all the ones that we have guests on. Even when Josh speaks a little bit more, it's good. I like it. But when it comes to comedy, I think uh, Finding Love at Flanagan's is just the, the number one. I was just going to say that. <laughs> is that the one where uh, the guy got his uh, ass ate? Yes, it is. <laughs> we keep bringing that up. Like it's, our, it's our one thing. If everyone forgets our show, I want them to remember that one thing. What's the catchphrase, Howie? Flanagan's. Eat out, then eat ass. <laughs> um, I think for me, my favorite story uh, as of right now, because I could relate to it so much, was that stupid one about uh, the girl who was uh, getting butt-ass naked. Oh, in the car? In the car, because oh, I could relate to it so much. I mean, not that part in specific, but, you know, just the whole in general. I think I've related to... Um Quite a couple of them. I can't pinpoint exactly which one the most right now from the top of my head. But I don't know, man. I'm I've I've I'm I've been really enjoying just listening to people's you know stories and connecting with it. I actually haven't heard the last one that we did with um, your ex student with Andrew and Mel. I haven't listened to it just yet. Just you know, heard. for I've noticed that. Um, uh, Mel, for such a su such a young girl, she was very, very uh, mature. I could see that about too. about her about herself, and when it came to relationships, how she perceived them. And then Andrew was kind of too grown for his, for his age. Like I, I feel that they had a lot of introspection. I guess I, I don't know if it happened during high school or like right after high school, but they were super mature. And actually, one of the things I wish I would have known in my early 20s was when she said, uh, like, don't take work too seriously. Oh, yeah. That, you know, like, damn, you know, I wish I could have learned that earlier in life. You know what I appreciated about them? You know, for their young age, they have good self-esteem, right? They know what they're about. They know what they want and what they like. And I think that's why they work so well together, you know. That's very important in a relationship, self-esteem. You have to love yourself before you're ready to love someone else. We've talked about this. We have. Yeah. But, you know, that specifically, I was like, wow, the energy here is so good. Yeah. Um, I just had nothing bad to say. 
But they're good kids. Good kids. I have no, I, I, I can't complain. My, because I teach largely um, the, the Cambridge ACE classes, the, the, which are college level. I have a lot of like intelligent and bright kids and, and, and they were two of those. And that's also um, same thing about Walter and his wife. They um, know what they want. They know what they're doing. And they work so well as a team. And it's crazy because their personalities are, are different, you know? Whereas Walter is so calm and collected. She's very outgoing. hyper and, yeah, outgoing, and outgoing. And yet they click so well together. Just because you have to they you have to be comfortable with yourself. Be who you want to be in that relationship, you know, in whatever relationship you're in. Uh, I was actually gonna say, uh, that actually that poses a good question. Is it true that opposites attract each other in relationships i don't i think having a common ground when it comes to interest is good but just being polar opposites doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad either i think as long as you guys have the same goals in in mind or if they're aligned somehow i think that i think that'll work because if susie and walter were so different right but they have the same uh mindset when it comes to what they want i think that helps what do you feel about a relationship where the couples um, do everything together? I think you will burn yourself out. Mm. I think it's going to be, you're not giving each other the space you need. Space is necessary? Yeah, for a healthy relationship. It's okay to not be in contact 24 hours a day with your partner. I struggle from, I've struggled from that where, you know, I just always want to be there but why do you feel like you need to be there 24 hours um because women usually want you there 24 hours i think that's a bunch of shit dude in my past relationships that's what i got so that's where you're coming from that's where i'm coming from okay, they sure. wanted me there you know all the time even if we weren't doing something i just had to be there well uh you've stated before that you've had some toxic relations uh in your past and I feel like that's actually one of the red flags. Like they're controlling at that point. They don't want to see you go. They don't want to see you speak with other people. They want you all to themselves. I, yeah, I, Josh is right. I don't think it was about um, being in contact. It's about controlling you at that point. And I think that's where you're coming from. Maybe, maybe. I how never thought break, about it like how that. How do you break out of it then? Break uh. up. <laughs> <laughs> with that toxic relationship yeah absolutely um there's no room in our lives for toxic people not even toxic relationships even less um i've come to notice this you know um especially you i've had talks with you or you hang around uh toxic people that you don't realize are toxic to you and i uh, you know we had that conversation a while back where it's like bro you don't take shit from nobody. Why are you taking shit from this one person? You remember that conversation? And you're right. You know, in The Aeneid um, by Virgil, one of the best lines is, if I can't move the heavens, I will raise hell. And that's always been me. And yeah, I don't like being told what to do. And you're right. You, you made me realize something a while back because of that. And it's just pulling away. I guess slowly. You're talking about uh, Virgil from Devil May Cry? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the hashling slasher. <laughs> Have you seen all, all the Virgil memes? The, um, what, what is it called? 
I wonder if it was called Virgil after the Aeneid. Yeah, Dante and Virgil. Oh my God, you're right. Are you fucking dumb? I, it never clicked. Da, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, not the same. They're brothers and whatnot. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, get out of here. Go play the Devil May Cry series. I have it, actually. <laughs> you're clearly too busy playing Genshin Impact. Oh, man. Get those primo gems. I haven't played that shit in months, almost a year, maybe. Yes. Dante and Virgil, you know, raise hell. Raise a lot of hell. Um, We had that conversation, man. And, you know, when you told me about this person, I didn't realize it at first. But then it kind of clicked. And since I'm, I'm an outsider looking in, I can tell you for a fact, you don't need this type of shit, this type of energy in your life. Since you mentioned uh, being an outsider, uh, giving, you know, good information, what do you think? Uh, who gives better information? Someone who is in a relationship or someone who is single? Ah, see, that's the tough part, you know, because everyone has a good piece of information just from different vantage points. You could see. Everyone always speaks from experience and what works for them. But not what works, but what works for you might not work for somebody else. For me, uh, I don't think experience is it. Uh, the outsider is someone that really isn't invested, let's say, in a relationship. Uh, they don't have any emotions attached to it. So I feel like they can see it clearly for what a relationship is. So you're saying that the closer you are to someone, the worse advice that you give? Not because it's bad advice, but you, but because you're more emotionally invested in that person. So you, so I shouldn't take advice from like my best friend because he's going to tell me what I want to hear. No, I tell you what you don't want to hear. I mean, that, that, that's the difference since you two are kind of like opposites in, in, in a lot of regards. Uh, I think what you said is true. Like you say what you don't want to hear. Yeah, I tell you And sometimes... I, I think that's that's the best part. So like that's what I basically meant when I said an outsider, you know, looking in. We share a lot of things in common, but I usually tell you like, and I, and, I, and I feel sometimes I'm brutally honest, which I sometimes I'm like, yo, yo, was that too much? Yeah, but then again, you don't know like the full story. You know, no. you get snippets. You're hey, not... You tell me pieces of it and I'm like, well, what about this? You know? Yeah, I never give you the full story. Oh my you God. understand? So you and I completely emotionally invested in it. It's like a, it's like a puzzle. Like you say something two months ago and it's like, oh, is this related to, to what he was saying? You know? <laughs> So you give the best advice to the piece of information that you're given. Well, yeah, to whatever I'm given. Mm. So, yeah, people have different vantage points from their perspective. Like, if you're single, you're going to give advice about being single. If you're taken, you're going to give advice about being in a relationship. It's just, you know, everyone's different. Here's a, here's a, in my early 20s, I wish I had been a little bit more, uh, I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure what the word is, uh, I guess. Menos come pinga. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just working all the time, so I really didn't have time. Okay, so I'm in school again for the third time. <laughs> and during my undergrad, I was on campus physically, and I didn't make any meaningful uh, connections other than that one relationship I had 
for a very long time, which we've spoken about. And I wasn't involved either in, you know, any activities or nothing. I didn't really speak to a whole lot of people. Now, as an adult, I'm finding myself, uh, like, just blindly talking to my classmates to engage with them. Not because I want to make friends, but because I guess I'm a little bit more... Outgoing? I don't know if it's outgoing. I think I'm just not afraid of speaking my mind just freely anymore. You had your priorities at the time. I guess you so. Know? You had things you had to get done before you were ready. You know, um, There's no shame in that. We are at a point, or at least you know, we should be at a point where we can be comfortable with ourselves uh, and have have that outgoing be more outgoing and be able to talk to people because we're more comfortable with ourselves you know have you gone to a bar by yourself uh, no who does that i do that's depressing no it's not it's perfectly normal josh yeah i've done that before uh just i need a drink sometimes yeah and yeah. and and after being at home for a long day just working on something i just want to be out somewhere now, that's not to say I haven't invited anybody. They just don't show up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But definitely, it's like, it, it's a little depressing just drinking at home. Like, I want to get out of that environment into a new environment. Just relax a little bit. It's, it's just to, to, to disconnect for a brief moment. Like, I just, I don't, I need to leave my house. I'm like, hmm, let me go have a drink. Decompress my week, my day, whatever situation that I'm in, and so I could come back to it, you know, with a clear head. That's interesting. So now you got me thinking, yeah, why do we rely on other people to do the things that we want to do? I don't, though. Um, like going out to watch a movie that you've been waiting for. I did I did that. Oh, I went to go see fucking Morbius of all movies. <laughs> but you, during you mean, premiere week. You mean the fucking masterpiece? <laughs> it's Morbin time? Come it's, on. It's Morbin time. I was going to say that. You fucking assholes beat me to it. No, but yeah. Dude, it's I've, Morbin I've, time. I've gone to the theaters by myself as well. Like, there's no, there's nobody stopping me from doing things on my own. That's, that's amazing. You know, why didn't I ever think of that? Because you have to be comfortable being alone. Yeah, I think uh, since we're surrounded by people basically 24-7, I mean, unless you, you live by yourself. Yeah, I mean, like me. Yeah. Uh, kind of getting out of your comfort zone is is a bit of a task to do. And like you said, you have to be comfortable being by yourself. And we are social creatures by nature, and we want to be surrounded by others. And that's perfectly normal, too. But there's nothing wrong with spending time by yourself. Yeah. That's kind of the reason why I decided to go the night shift route is I just didn't want to talk to anybody, you know, <laughs> I, like I, I kind of wanted to uh, have a bit of introspection, had a bit of quiet time, uh, you know, contemplation, all that shit. It's funny. I was having a, a, a birthday brunch with a couple of uh, friends and I brought up the same the same idea. I forgot what conversation we were having, and I go, "You've never gone to a bar by yourself?" And she was like, "No way," and and you know, there's something wrong with that. And she was also in her. I think she was about your age, Josh, like like mid twenties. That's another question. Are you going to these places with the expectation of talking to somebody new, maybe? Well, I had also asked her. I go, "How comfortable do you feel with people coming and approaching you?" And and she's like, "No one does." And I asked her, "Well." Is it, are you, 
like, do you want people to approach you? And she was like, absolutely. And I go, then you need to make yourself more available. I go, are you going out with, you know, 15 of your friends in a group just closing off that way? So I suggested, I, I, I suggested just go, sit, sit, order a drink, watch what happens. Now, I did warn her, you're going to be approached by a ton of creeps. So be careful. It got me thinking, though, yeah, I should be uh, doing things, the things I want to do by myself. Nobody needs. But you've done things by yourself in the past. You've gotten me into so many hobbies. Yeah. We've gotten into each other into many hobbies over the years. But uh, you got, <laughs> you were the one who first started magic. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. I never like went out and and did it somewhere. You know, I I did it in the comfort of um, between us. Yeah. Yeah. But, or at home. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but I've gone to to nowhere by my own. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, I go to shops by myself sometimes, just uh, to sit and play. No, no, not to sit. And oh play. yeah, that's yeah, to sit yeah. and play. When oh. you were in there, when you, when you were working there, I go and browse. No, I go and ask, and then meet all these people that should have probably put on deodorant. <laughs> because if if I were to go somewhere alone, I would want to be alone. You know, I don't I don't want anyone approaching me. That would defeat the purpose. No, that wouldn't defeat the purpose because why are you going out in the first place? If you wanted, if you wanted no one to approach you, you would just stay at home. Or buy it online. No, but wait, wait. I don't understand your your response to that. Okay, so I'm saying that if I were to go somewhere with the expectation of meeting someone, then yes. But if I wanted to go somewhere by myself because it's something that I wanted to do, an activity, let's say, and I didn't want anyone to approach me, why would I go out instead of doing it on my own? Because sometimes you don't want to do it at your house. And besides, dude, people will approach you. People will approach you regardless. Yeah, and, and the idea of going out by yourself is not to avoid interaction it's to do something you want to do by yourself facts right there it's just just because you're around people it shouldn't prevent you from enjoying the things you want to do like for example if i want to go to the beach or to a pool just because i want to you know it's a hot day uh i don't need to invite all my family all my friends you know <laughs> these are my friends yeah exactly so I just want to go into a pool, maybe like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and there might be people in the pool. I don't care. I just want to get in. Yeah, I agree. You've never gone. What's the last thing you did by yourself that you enjoyed? That just made me think of, wait, before I answer that, and that made me think of like disconnecting entirely. Can you? That is what it is. It's decompressing. Decompressing, disconnecting entirely. You know, you go into the pool, you put your phone away. You don't look at it. Damn are you comfortable being alone inside your own mind? I'm swinging at my demons 24 hours a day, Javi. Yeah, that, that's that's a really <laughs> tough one. I mean, damn, you know? It, it does get hard sometimes just constantly thinking, especially when your thoughts are, like, screaming at you. Like, it's so loud that you don't even notice the the wind, you know, the sound of wind or the sound of, of birds chirping, you know? It, it does get tough, but... Uh, I think that's a necessary thing to do to decompress. And you learn to overcome it slowly. Yeah, because I'm I'm thinking about it, and, and even if I was alone in some place, I had like music playing in in my headphones or something. I had some sort of stimulus, stimuli. 
You know, I wasn't just aware of everything. I was in my own head. You know what I mean? I remember this one time Javi and I got pretty wasted. I can't remember when it was. But uh, we were walking home, you know, uh, and I, I noticed, you know, he's he's really quiet. He's 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 got a look of intensity in his eyes, and I tell him, "Hey, man, uh, you're thought you're thinking too loud." He started laughing. I was like, "You're right." And I was like, "Do you hear that? Hear what? It's it's the fountain in the background, you know, splashing water. A lot of people don't realize that." It's funny. I just wrote a a, a very brief uh, paper on on eloquence and how people are just straight to the point and crystal clear. And I'm like, there's no, and, and everything is so fast paced in modern day. There's no time to stop and enjoy eloquence when it comes to language. And I know here in the podcast, we speak like idiots at times, but for the most part, I don't speak like that. And I want to make people aware of it. Oh, this is me. 100%. I, I speak <laughs> like an idiot. No, this is, this is just, Drinking day run that you're encountering. Yeah, we speak with romance. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, no, coming in. No, but yeah, everything is so fast paced. Just, d- d- especially here in our city, where everyone is going at 100 miles per hour because they're either on cafecito or on cocaine. Or both. <laughs> yeah, there's just const- there's just a constant influx of of stimulus as well, that nobody stops to just. Literally pause and see what's around. So take a step back. Right. I want you to go by yourself to a bar. That's don't take anything with you, other than I mean, I mean, you know, take your phone, but don't, don't. Don't actively use it. Yeah. Wow, that's. Fucking you know intense. what I did actually, and I went a couple of weeks. I remember because I was working on a, on a paper all day for like I was writing for like five hours straight, bro. And. Uh, and I was also doing laundry and a bunch of other shit. And I went to, to the band on a Saturday night. And I took my notebook with me. And I sat, had two drinks, and I started just writing um, uh, prose based on what I was, you know, being exposed to. And that was very, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I needed. That's crazy. As soon as you suggested me going out by myself, I was trying to find excuses in my head. <laughs> Like I was like brainstorming, like no, I have no time, no, I have no energy, I can't do it. I'm I'm on a budget right now, bro. I was I was trying to come up with every single excuse in the book, just to not have to do that. But no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I need to decompress. There should you like easily. You don't even have to spend a dime. Just go to the park and sit down on a bench, take in that fresh air. You know, go to a doggy park. You know, no, you know what's a great spot. To, to just walk through Miami Springs. That pathway on Curtis Parkway, oh, dude, it's gorgeous. All the, you know, the, the low lights, the big trees, there's benches. It's really, really, and the breeze, it's really nice. Now I just remembered some, some days when I was really upset over something, and I did take a walk, and I left my phone, and I just walked, and I just saw everything there was to see. And I was just, like, in my head the whole time, thinking in my thoughts and why I was upset, the reason behind it. If I was morally right, justified. Um, I do that whenever, I mean, I walk daily because with my dogs, so that's literally what my goal is, to try and ease up. Yeah, but why do I always have to save it for when I'm upset? Why can't I do it when I'm not, 
yeah. in in the the right mindset, you know. Well, things you wish you learned in your twenties. There you go. I mean, uh, um, Nietzsche. A lot of what he wrote. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I mean, you know, re- regarding like your thoughts on him, uh, he did have some some good points. And one of the points that I thought was good was the one you know I'm about to speak now, is where a lot of his writing came from walking outdoors. A lot of his you know contemplating his his introspection came from just walking, looking at boulders or whatever, you know, just looking at a river. And at that point, I, I mean, he was a sick man, but. Those might that might have been the time you know where he was in his right state of mind. David Sidar is uh, is an uh, incredible uh, writer, but he's not a writer. He's more of a commentator on everyday like life. So he'll like wherever he goes, he'll bring like a little notebook and just start writing what he sees. And dude, the commentary is incredible. It's hilarious. Highly recommend. Uh, so he's like sitting on a bench making fun of people that walk by. Literally. I do he's, that all the time because I don't able, write it. No, no, but he's able to do it on a whole different level where he's able to narrate ideas that wouldn't come across as you're sitting in like a Starbucks. He dissects people. Yes. It's 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 the funniest shit ever. <laughs> like he does it in a sense of comedy. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he does. Because you can also do that, you know, uh, introspectively. Sometimes you just need to get out of wherever you're at. Yeah. Not run, it's not running away. It's just you just want to go somewhere else and have a you know a breath of fresh air. Be alone, alone in with your own thoughts. That's what that um during those seven years of of motorcycle riding. That's what that's what it was to me. Taking a nice ride, like at nighttime when the city's just dying down. Oh, that felt so nice, especially during the springtime. The wind was just perfect. Oh, man, I remember one night um, going up Okeechobee just by myself. It was the middle of the night, no cars. Wasn't no it nothing. freeing? I had music playing, and it was like the saddest fucking music <laughs> you could think of, like the saddest playlist. And I was just, nothing's real. Yes. I had that song, like, He's bro, just, you have to experience it for yourself. He's just playing Drake. <laughs> no, right in the middle of the night, and there's a song by Nine Inch Nails, um, called "Right Where It Belongs." Oh, I know this one. It's it's like a whole nother meaning when you're by yourself, going however many miles you're going. Shit, let's not talk know. about the miles that we hit on those. I think I, I think my bike topped at one thirty. I topped at one sixty. I topped at one ten because my my max was one thirty. My max was one eighty. I topped at one sixty. Jeez, where? Um, I was riding with you that night, and I just... Where were we? We were going up, I think, um, the Palmetto. Palmetto, yeah. That sounds like Palmetto, because I wouldn't do that in Okeechobee. I think we were coming back from um, that little hangout, that little hangout by the train tracks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were coming back from there, and I saw clear open roads. And I just oh, let her rip, and I was nice. like, "Let me see how fast this thing can go." Oh, and we just just one wrong maneuver, and we're done. <laughs> and I was going so fast, the the traffic, uh, the lights were just a blur. It's a blur, yeah. And you cannot move your head. And I kept trying to go faster, but it would not go as as fast as it would go. Faster, faster, until the the thrill of speed overcomes the fear of death. 
Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. I will never forget that line. I, uh, he rolled with the Hell's Angels and and documented it. I thought I would. I, I one wrong move, I could have died, and I thought I may maybe. But I, but the thrill overcomes the the fear of of dying. And it uh, reminded me of that one line in House of Leaves when um, Johnny's friend died of a mortal motorcycle accident, yeah. lost his jaw, yeah. his body was mangled, and I remembered that, and I was just like, yeah, this is what it is. It's he, funny, like like when. I don't know about you, but when I picked up my bike for the first time, I'm like, I made peace with my mortality really fast for some reason. Um, I think about dying a lot. Okay. Like, not... not so, so I'm not the only one. No, I, I think about it a lot. Just, you know, I, I do it less now than I did before because now I'm in a more stable uh, state of mind. But uh, I used to just ride in my car and be like, my life could end right here if someone, you know, T-boned me. Yeah. Or true. I went too fast and I, I rem- missed. I remember my parents being like, but you are, you know, you know, what if a car hits you? I go, mom, a car could hit me in my own car as well. And I could just die. I could have an 18-wheeler hit my car. And, and, and that's the end. It makes no difference to me. So, yeah. There was a quote I remember reading a long time ago that it's kind of stupid if you think about it, but... At the time, you know, it really helped out is while we're alive, death cannot touch us. And while we're dead, we're dead. I think the one thing that I would, that would bother me is just the emotional factor that I will be leaving behind amongst everyone. Yeah, because you're hurting a lot of people. Yeah. That's, that's really it. You know, what are we in the grand scheme of things, you know? We're... Insignificant specks of dust. Yeah, just uh, another grain of sand in the infinite beach. That is the cosmos. Excuse me, I identify as a nice, pretty shell <laughs> in the beach of the cosmos or whatever the fuck. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Um, we are not the grain of sand. Our lives, our earth is the grain of sand in the infinite I took it as the other way. We are the grain of sand no. in the infinite. Cosmos. We're less than a grain of sand. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah, man. Then we got people worked up and fighting over bullshit. Like it's just, it's, there's, there's just, too, there's, it, it's just too vast. Um, what's his face? Who just went up to space with uh, Bezos? He was in Star Trek. So William Shatner was the one who went into space with Jeff Bezos, and he says that as he's looking, like he's literally in space and looking at earth he was overwhelmed with sadness because he's like it made everything seem insignificant to him he's like why is it that we're fighting and all these things when it's it's just it's empty outside of here and true beauty was here on the planet yeah i was actually gonna say like why was he sad because looking at the beautiful planet we live in and you know like basically the miracle of the reason why we're here, you know? And that should that shouldn't really raise sadness, I it w- think. It was sad in the sense that like of everything we're doing to each other. I don't know, people think that going into space is like the ultimate um, catharsis, you know, but really like the beauty is here. Mm-hmm. Outside is this pure nothingness. Yeah. So you realize how insignificant things really are. And you could do two things with that information, right? You can just give up, say, hey, why does it matter? It doesn't. 
and just give up. Or you can make the best out of life with what we have, with our experiences. With our experiences. With our experiences. <laughs> I know you do have a point at, at the end of the day, even though it's not for everything. Doesn't uh We joke about my idea of the experience part, but yeah, it doesn't it's not applicable to every single factor. Oh yeah, Taki. <laughs> Space, the final frontier. This was more of a freeform episode. Um I hope you guys liked it. If there's any feedback, please let us know. And please submit any questions you would like for us to explore through our Instagram. Just literally DM us. Or stories. Or stories, yes. If you'd like to make Josh's Corner an official thing, <laughs> um, you know, let us know. The 30 minutes of silence interrupted only by uh, meme sounds. That you've recreated yourself. All right, that's it for tonight, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, uh, make sure to subscribe for our weekly episodes every Monday. and Make sure to follow us on Instagram. Also, if you would like to submit your very own piece, please reach out through one of our social media platforms or email us at singleinmiamipodcast at gmail.com. Well said. Good night, guys. And thank you for tuning in. This has been Single in Miami. This has been uh, dissecting every SpongeBob episode frame by frame. Thank you.